0: Local Edge, powered by Ad Canada Media.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Local Edge, your show for better understanding and connecting with small communities in Canada. Here. We bring you the latest news, insights, and, of course, the trends from the world of local advertising and marketing. So, whether you're an advertiser, agency, community member, or just interested in the world of local advertising, this is the show for you right here, Local Edge. We give you that closer look at the power of small communities in Canada. I'm your host, Shauna Randolph, and on today's show, we're focusing on local trends. In Canada's big cities, it's a given you'll always be connected with high-speed internet service, but that is not the situation once you venture out into the rural areas. So today, we're going to find out more about how the smaller markets are still getting the job done. Paul McNeil has appeared with us in the past. He's back again. He is the publisher of PEI Canada and joins us today on Local Edge from beautiful Prince Edward Island. Hi there, Paul. How are things with you today?
2: Uh, Sunny and 70 in my world, as we like to say.
1: Oh, that's good. Pretty consistent. Um, (laughs) Welcome back. Very pleased to have you on again. Delighted. Okay, um, we really want to start with talking about this narrative that's out there, that there's just fewer, fewer people that are reading newspapers. Um, I've, I've heard studies that this is definitely something we're seeing in larger markets. But I really want to start with your perspective about the rural markets.
2: Well, I I think that probably is true in urban areas where sort of the daily newspaper of old uh, had to be a little bit of everything for everybody. So you had to have a local sports section, national sports section, international sports section, same for business, same for news. Uh, It's not so much uh, the truth for community newspapers, especially community newspapers that are connected to the community, because 100 percent of their content from front page to back page is all stuff that's been locally generated that reflects the community back on itself. Uh, So at least in our case, uh, circulation of the print edition is is strong Um, in our paid product. uh, We've seen very little erosion uh, in that over the years. Um, So um, I understand the argument but I think it's basically an urban argument.
1: What are you seeing with, let's say, circulation numbers? Are they consistent from just a few years ago, um, increasing?
2: Well, th- they're certainly uh, consistent. Uh, are they increasing? Probably not. Uh, in a small operation like this, we probably should be spending a little more time on on uh, <laughs> the circulation, but, but um, we're blessed to have a very good circulation. So sometimes you take the things that you should be looking after, uh, uh, a little, uh, I don't know, lightly. Um, but our readers like us for what we deliver. It's unique every single week. I mean, there's a, a Michener Award finalist uh, over my shoulder. Uh, that's because we produce 50 pages of content that no one else read anywhere else in this province. Um, so that's the power of a good community paper.
1: And your readers are very loyal, uh, I understand.
2: Oh, look, um, our, our readers are loyal to our paper um, because the paper is loyal to them. Uh, we support the initiatives that that they they deal they deem as important, um, where we have their back. We tell them when we think they're wrong in as respectful a way as possible, although sometimes it needs more prodding than normal uh, or, or otherwise. Um, and that's the relationship that is so unique to a community newspaper. Um, it's the good, the bad, the ugly, um, but they know we have their back.
1: And you must really hear it from them if they don't get their paper delivered on a certain day, right?
2: Totally, Uh, you you know, the phone starts ringing, you get an email, you get a messenger note on social, where's the paper? Uh, Worst case scenario, somebody just makes a comment on social media that they didn't get the paper without letting us know, I hate that. Uh, But uh, you know, that level of accountability is a beautiful thing.
1: Okay, uh, Paul. There's no denying that there's still been this transition to people getting their news from online sources. There's been, however, many studies that are showing that it's happening in different rates across the country. You know, often linked to the size of a community that a person lives in. What are you seeing with your publications?
2: Well, I think that's true. I think demographic plays a role as well. There's a lot of communities across this country, myself, ours included, that are aging, um, and. Uh, The quality of broadband is is a significant issue. Um, There there is something tactile about a newspaper that many people, young and old, uh, find uh, more engaging uh, nowadays, especially since, you know, many of us are are tied to a smartphone at our hip or our ear the whole day. Uh, So to get news sort of um, moderated uh, in an organized way that's relevant to your life, Um, the the print product is still very strong.
1: You mentioned, Paul, young and old. So let's talk about the younger readers right now. New research is showing perhaps surprisingly to many people that there's actually been a resurgence in readership of newspapers among younger demographics. And in fact, there's this new study released by News Media Canada showing that readership by that age group, let's say 18 to 24, second highest of all groups measured. Why do you think that is?
2: Well I, I think that's the generation of people who grew up completely connected and they're trying to find a way to step back a little bit. My daughter who's 25 asked for the first time to have a print edition of the paper delivered to her address in Charlottetown. Um, and we're happy to do that uh, because there it's almost an emotional connection to any printed product. it's 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 not like a phone that's that's forever changing and you're forever scrolling. Uh, the paper demands your attention um, for the printed word and the advertisements. Uh, and it is just a different experience and, and for the the youth of, of today they're starting to sort of come back to it much like uh, LPS, by the way, you know I, I I buy LPS now for 40 or 50 or 60 dollars um, for my daughters and myself. Uh, it wasn't that long ago that they were saying that industry was dead. it's not dead. It's it's a huge industry, and um, I'm not saying anybody's going to go out and spend $70 for a printed copy of a weekly newspaper every week, but uh, I, th- I think where we're evolving is there's a price that you can put on premium products that matter to your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm seeing that as well, that there are a lot more younger people. Great example that you use there of LPs, buying LPs, and then sitting in a coffee shop and actually looking at a, no- a local newspaper. Yeah. Okay. Paul, sticking with the topic of online advertising, I want to talk about this for a second here. Uh, Many advertisers know it's pretty easy to measure where the clicks come from, from their online advertising, very easy with that. Yet, um, several recent studies are showing that newspapers do in fact drive more traffic more effectively than online platforms. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? And what are some of the things that publishers and local advertisers are doing to achieve measurability with this?
2: Well, this is an interesting one, because I think in in part, uh, we've been um, hornswoggled by the notion that clicks and impressions actually amount to something. They don't. It's the bums in the seats exercise, right? How many things, how many tires did Sam's tires sell this week? Um, And that's what, again, that's, that's the unique thing about a local. I don't need to spend a lot of money on Google Analytics to know if a local car retailer sold tires based on an ad in my paper um he'll tell me uh and and I'll know so uh, i mean the, the the analytics that matters to me did your ad work are you selling your product is your brand increasing in in our community those are easy just by talking to the owner
1: and I assume that you know coupons, QR codes, that sort of thing are, are useful for smaller markets to to measure as well.
2: They, they certainly are in many. They, they haven't. We've done coupons before, um, absolutely, and they are very, they are very effective. Um, the QR codes, uh, it, it's a great product. Um, not something that is really um, going to play that well in rural Prince Edward Island right now.
1: So, Paul, we've been really specific. I just want to be vague for one big point here. How difficult is it to make the bigger players realize the importance of the smaller Canadian markets and their challenges?
2: Well, look, uh, democracy uh, flows uphill. Um, And when you see a community newspaper or or any community media, could be cable, could be radio, uh, could be a small town daily, uh, close, the impact that that has on the greater community is astounding because no one's going to the town hall to cover um city hall or town council nobody's going to the school board nobody's going to graduation nobody's going to the rink or ring, ring at uh, and and this this is the history in real time that that's being missed and if you look at we we need a a mix of media in this country. We need strong, strong local media. We need good regional media and we need strong national media. Uh, because you know, if something breaks in a national media, but it's PEI based and it's rural PEI based, chances are their reporters are gonna contact me or one of my employees at some point in time to get on the ground expertise. Um, and that's what we need because there's all kinds of studies that show when uh, local media leaves town, um, democracy is eroded significantly.
1: Paul, one more thing here, uh, just to wrap things off, a little contentious issue, but just want to get your thoughts on it. The passing of Bill C-18, some people feel it's going to help the news business, other feel it's going to be detrimental. What are your thoughts?
2: I don't think it will be detrimental to publications. I. I You know, each of those corporations, Meta and Google, generate billions of dollars every year in Canada. They fought for a long time just to collect, uh, you know, harmonized sales tax. Uh, So, um, you know, they've never really cared about the communities that they serve or this country. They care about the profit that they can generate and take out of this country. What will it mean for the media? Um, You know, I I think what it'll do is, in a very small way, uh, attempt to level the playing field because there's not one media in this country that is even remotely big enough to compete on a level playing field with either of those companies. Uh, and in both the the, uh, the case of Meta and Google, they control not only the front end of the advertising buy, but where those advertising, uh, digital ad- advertising ads show up. So one tweak to an algorithm can have a massive impact. Um, I think actually, you know, they played these, these, um, these fear tactics in other jurisdictions. I think what they probably both realize without saying it out loud is that their products are better because trusted news content is being shared on Facebook and Google. We all know the last six or seven years and the disinformation that's been spewed uh, for a whole bunch of different reasons. Uh, And it's so vital for this country and our provinces and our communities to have local media operators who aren't scared, who can go out and do an effective job and hold their community accountable and tell the stories that matter in their community. Uh, And if they make a mistake, to be called out on it uh, and have the credibility to say, yeah, we made a mistake and this is what I'm going to do to make it better.
1: Paul, we'll leave it there. Thank you again. We will have you on the show one time again in the future. Appreciate your time. Thank you. That is Paul McNeil. He is joining us from beautiful Prince Edward Island. He is the publisher of PEI Canada.
0: Communication is one of the most important resources we have. In Manitoba, $250 of each household budget is allocated to communications of some sort. For more data like this and a better understanding of connecting with local markets, visit adcanadamedia.ca.
1: Ryan McAdams, it's a newcomer to our show. Very happy to have him join us here remotely. He is the group publisher from Alberta newspaper Group LP. He oversees both small community weeklies, some mid-market dailies in southeastern Alberta and also southwestern Saskatchewan. Ryan, welcome to The Local Edge.
3: Thanks, Sean. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Okay, Ryan, we mentioned just a few minutes earlier here on the show, we were talking to Paul McNeil out in PEI, and, and we want to get your perspective on this. It was when we were talking about that narrative that you know people don't read newspapers so much anymore, that readership is going down. Tell me your perspective. Does this apply to rural markets that you watch closely?
3: Well, Sean, I think it's an interesting perspective that a lot of people have out in the communities and out in the, the greater sphere, but people are definitely still reading newspapers in fact we just received a survey from news media canada not too long ago that states that four or five people in alberta reading newspapers either digitally or or in print each week so it it tells us that the message is still being read uh, and local businesses rely on that readership to to tell their advertising message Um, what people need to know is that most of our weekly papers in our group uh, are not free distribution they're paid for subscription pit newspapers, and when people pay for something, they're going to read it.
1: And give me a sense too. I've kind of heard through the grapevine that sometimes, if you know your local readers are not getting their paper to their door, they're actually phoning one of your outlets saying, "Where is it?" Like you're even seeing that wow. as an example to back we that up. get.
3: One of the one is prime example that happens on a regular basis uh, in one of our community papers. Um, It's a Wednesday delivery and it's usually delivered in the morning and if that paper's not there by noon, our office phone is ringing from the subscribers who haven't got it. They want it. They want to read it that day. They don't want it the next day. So they're calling. So we have extra papers on hand and we actually have one of our staff members who has volunteered to do this. They'll take the papers out to the people who have called in because it's that important to them.
1: And are you seeing um, regularity in your circulation numbers as well compared to let's say a few years ago what you're printing?
3: Our circulation, for the most part, has remained pretty static. It's pretty, pretty consistent. Uh, it's something that we've, we've, uh, we work hard at. To, to As I say, we have people that take papers out to people who don't get them. We work hard at developing and maintaining that relationship to people who want our newspapers.
1: Okay, let's talk about the advertisers. So we keep mm-hmm. hearing local advertising numbers are strong. Are the circulations of local newspapers increasing with the ads that are being placed in them as well?
3: Well again both as I mentioned earlier, the, the mar- small markets are staying really consistent with respect to the circulation but what's interesting is readership is showing a slight increase and that's part and parcel of the small market. small communities, small market the relationships that exist in those small communities is very very tight. And what we're, what we know happens is a lot there's a lot of pass along readership where friends will share a newspaper with their neighbors, or if they're in a senior home, they'll share it with other people who are there. So we know that readership is increasing. Circulation is staying, staying very consistent.
1: Okay, let's talk about you with operating all of your uh, publications mm-hmm. and how there's so many challenges because we know, right, that the, um, the industry is always fluid with, with changes and you have to adapt. So what are some of the things that your company is doing to both maintain and attract an audience?
3: We've done, Shauna, we've we've looked at many different ways to try to try to evolve. As you mentioned, the the, the media world is changing faster than some some of us can even keep pace with. But what we've done is we've developed special niche publications with themed advertising, themed content, targeted delivery, uh, broad reach delivery, just different tactics to try to engage the audience along with the advertisers. Uh, and we and we've also invested heavily in our local websites. Uh, our it, Electronic or e editions, and we've got other innovative projects that we've got in the in the works that uh, we're looking to roll out in the su- near future. That'll help us engage even further with our audience and, and consumers.
1: Can you tease us a little more to tell us more about your plans with that?
3: Uh, it's a little too early to tease them right now. We're, there's, we've got three or four in the in the hopper, and we hope to have uh, hope to have some of them done by, by certainly by this fall.
1: Ryan, you mentioned e-edition. Just want to pick your brains here about that, just to give our viewers Mm -hmm. more of a perspective. What are you talking about with that? Explain.
3: Well, there's a distinct difference between an online reader that goes to our website and someone who is a subscriber to our e-edition. Our online online website is a a snapshot of what's in each week's issue. It's not the full issue. It has some of our stories, but not all of them. When you talk about an e-edition, it's basically an electronic version of the print paper. It's just on a digital format. So everything that's in that newspaper, from ads to obituaries to content, uh, everything, even Datelines, the whole nine yards of the printed newspaper is reproduced in a digital format. And the e-edition is how we're investing in our e-edition is promoting it very, very heavily. And in fact, some of our people who are canceling paid subscriptions of the newspaper because they're going away on holidays or they're going to be gone down south for three months We convert many of those from a paid subscription to an e-edition because an e-edition can be read anywhere. It doesn't need to be delivered to your door. It's on your laptop. It's on your mobile device. It's accessible anywhere with your subscription.
1: And how are ads different when you see a PDF in the hard copy to the pop-up ads that you would see on your e-edition?
3: Well, the ads on our e-editions aren't a pop-up at all, Sean. They're actually on the page, just like they are on the printed newspaper. Uh, It's an exact replication of what's print is now in a digital form. And on the e-edition, you turn the pages just like a newspaper and you read one page at a time. And it's exactly the same sort of process of how you read it. It's just on a screen, a tablet, mobile device, or a computer, as opposed to a print edition that you're flipping on your coffee table.
1: Okay, still with your audiences here for a sec, how do you get your information, surveys, other unsolicited feedback from them?
3: Well, we're members of both provincial and federal media associations and that they are a, a vital component to us getting access to readership and research. Uh, and we utilize that information on a regular basis. Another valuable component of unsolicited feedback is our connection within the community. We also have a very strong and active uh, audience using our letters to the editor platform. We know by the volume of letters that we get that people are engaged with our content, both positive and constructive, but that we know that when that they're engaged by the volume of letters we get.
1: Okay, I want to pick your brain here a little bit about advertisers. How are they seeing things in rural areas?
3: Well, advertisers, it, 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 whether it's an urban or a rural market, Shauna, they're feeling the pinch due to rising supply costs, rising wage costs, scarcity of wage, of, of staffing. Um, however, in, these, in the smaller communities, we're seeing a higher rate of advertiser spend relative to the urban markets when com- because we believe, and they've, they've, they're telling us, it's relative to their commitment to the community. They know that they need to support the, their local I think members. that would
1: surprise a lot of people.
3: Well, I, I don't know that it would surprise them. I think it's a fact that the, the, the importance of small markets to the fabric of our community, to our country, that without the small markets, we really wouldn't be the country we are or the communities that we, we, we live and operate in. Because of that that fabric that we've that's been woven in, because a lot of the small communities are, are in our certainly in our area are very agricultural based, and they've been there for generations. So it's important that they have that continuity in their in their communica- communication within the community.
1: I really want to talk now about dial-up internet because I know <laughs> a lot of people in rural areas have a little bit of a challenge with this. Um, really, what are you seeing um, with with the challenge with with your company as well? Um, and that being a factor possibly?
3: Well, I guess we, we, we see both sides of it, Shauna, because we operate in some larger markets like Lethbridge and Medicine Hat. We also operate in some pretty small markets in, in, in Southern Alberta. Um, internet connectivity and the reliability of the internet is a, is a real concern, so it's, particularly in the remote rural areas. Uh, it's, it's, it's lacking. It's, it's improved in recent years, but it's still got a ways to go in in fact you talk about cell service and dial up activity we've got one sales rep who can't get cell service at her remote rural property in southern alberta and she lives less than 35 miles from madison hat
1: wow so you have a hard time reaching her yourself when you need to
3: we have a system <laughs> okay we have we so it's not carrier pigeon but it's not not far far advanced from that Right.
1: For the last few years, the federal government's been talking about and, you know, their commitment to funding to help with this and, and their program. Um, what more do you feel needs to be done? Or are they just perhaps too slow?
3: I th- think that the, the two hands uh, of the federal government don't necessarily speak to each other all the time. I mean, we, some of our newspapers receive heritage grant funding from the Heritage uh, Committee. But the challenge with that is it's designed to help with postage costs. Well, the grant money keeps going down, yet postage costs keep going up. So, and all we're really doing is the government's funding the government-run post office is all they're really doing. So, it's important that we we work with the government to find ways to work together. Uh, and I think one of the messages that is important that the for the government is they need to – they used to spend a lot of money in advertising in local community newspapers. Now they're spending it in the big tech giants. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
3: and, and it doesn't, they, they don't employ people in Canada. They don't gener- generate economic value to the Canadian community or economics. Uh, so we, we're challenged by that. And we're working with the government to try to find ways to improve that.
1: And with that, um, Ryan, it, you know, you'd like to think that um, people would be more open-minded and not always thinking internet internet you know for all of of what they want to do for for promotion that sort of thing just take a look at the recent alberta provincial election the new democrats Mm -hmm. they decided their whole strategy would be all online and many people are saying they missed the boat for for people in remote areas that didn't even get any of their advertising what are your thoughts on on that
3: well we spoke earlier a little bit sean about the differences differences between urban and rural markets in alberta uh, you mentioned the the recent provincial election. Just look at the different uh election results from the urban markets to the rural markets. If one particular party, no names mentioned, were to focus more on the rural markets, we might might have had a totally different outcome on the recent provincial election because the 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 votes told the story
1: right. Okay, one more thing I really want to focus on with you, still sort of political focus, um, Bill C-18, right? The Online News Act. Uh, there are um, many that are, are hearing all these messages that this is going to be very detrimental to small markets. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Share it.
3: I think Bill C-18 is still a, still a bit of work in progress, even though it's passed as, as a legislative bill. There's still a lot of discussion. Um, you know, the Heritage Minister recently stated that, that he, he still believes Google's going to come to the table. Well, well, that remains to be seen. Bill C-18 is a challenging and this contentious topic. You know, the big tech companies, uh, they're repurposing content that's produced locally. That locally produced content doesn't get produced for free, but the tech giants aren't willing to pay much, if anything, for it. Hmm. So it, it's a challenge on both aspects both from a government perspective but also from the small communities on a slightly different aspect of bill c18 i find it difficult to grasp the mixed message from the liberal government just the other day they banned government spending on the big tech giants but the liberal party still plans to use it for campaign messaging it's interesting to say the least
1: (laughs) yeah interesting for sure ryan thank you very much for your time I appreciate you joining us
3: thank you shauna it's been a pleasure
1: That's Ryan McAdams. He is group publisher from Alberta newspaper group LP, joining us from Lethbridge.
0: Just over $1.3 billion was spent on online gaming subscriptions, game downloads, and in-game purchases, and the video game sector alone accounted for 16.7% of total spending. For targeted data like this and to get a better understanding of connecting with local markets, check out adcanadamedia.ca.
1: Time now to bring in our executive producer here of Local Edge, Jeff Beardsworth, also with Ad Canada Media. Hi, Jeff, you've been listening in.
4: Hey, and nice to be back.
1: Okay, so you heard our two guests here, but uh, a few things I want to get your perspective on. First of all, all the talk about online advertising and the measurability of that compared with newspapers, that sort of thing. What do you feel that local newspapers should be doing, are doing to make their ads more measurable?
4: you know one of the we do see shauna first off we do see and we do recognize that that the attractiveness of being able to determine whether or not an ad worked or didn't work is is huge right and um you know i think that's one of the things that newspapers other traditional media have really been challenged with is you know historically there's really not been Uh, a way to effectively measure whether or not a newspaper ad drove traffic to a website or brought people into a store. That's in spite of the fact that study after study after study says that newspapers are in fact the most effective media in terms of getting people into a store. One of the things that we're starting to see a lot more now is advertisers at our level. And I'm talking about advertisers that have, you know, uh, franchises across the country or, or uh, you know, locations, you know, in, in, in certain markets, they're starting to use a lot more QR codes to determine whether or not people actually use that ad that appeared in the newspaper to go to a website, to either sign up for a program or get more information or whatever the case might be. So we're starting to see a real uptake in the use of QR codes to determine whether or not that ad in your community newspaper campaign actually did what you wanted it to. Um, Believe it or not, we still see uh, a a, a strong use of coupons. You know, those clip your coupon from the newspaper and take it in and get five bucks off your happy meal or whatever the case might be. There's there's, There's a continued use of coupons to, you know, try and determine did this ad actually create some traffic to my, restaurant or to my store or whatever the case might be. And I think the other one that we're starting to see a little bit now is the use of a unique URL or a unique website, www.mystore.newspaper. um newspaper. You know, so so the analytics on that URL can then be used by the advertiser to determine did this person visit my website um on a whim? Was it an accident uh, or did they actually get that URL from a specific newspaper and come to my site to learn more? So there's lots of things that newspapers can do and there's lots of things that advertisers are doing to try and make the use of traditional media more measurable and and then be able to compare that effectiveness with some of the online platforms.
1: So, Jeff, now focusing on online advertising, I'd imagine with your experience with Ad Canada Media, you often have clients specifically looking for your guidance, expertise on online advertising. What do you tell them?
4: You know why We do, Sean. We absolutely get, you know, advertisers regularly wanting to know, can they get an ad on a specific newspaper's website? Our response is usually, you've got to look at the markets individually. You can't, it's very difficult to execute a campaign, at scale and pigeonhole it as an online campaign or a print campaign or whatever the case is, because in in, in the the ability for online to reach an audience is going to vary market by market. In larger communities and bigger centers like in Edmonton or Saint Albert, yes, there will be a critical mass of website traffic that makes an online campaign something worth pursuing. But when you get into smaller markets, more rural remote markets, the online traffic isn't there at scale, right? Um, A lot of times advertisers have the opinion that they can slice and dice website traffic on a small newspaper website, and they don't realize that by the time you're done slicing and dicing, you're left with an audience of 20 people which really doesn't make it worth pursuing so our advice to an advertiser would be yes we will absolutely pursue an online campaign but we really need to look at markets individually and on their own merits because what might work in one is most likely not going to work in another and there's lots of things that go into that i think another thing that advertisers need to know is that when you get into smaller markets um it's very difficult to pinpoint the geography from which your traffic is coming from. Um, For instance, you might live in Coaldale, Alberta, and you might be using the web to visit a certain store's website. They might look on their analytics report and see you appearing in their analytics report as traffic coming from Toronto, not necessarily from Coaldale. That's because in a lot of these small markets, the internet service provider is based in Vancouver or it's based in Toronto. So by the time you've actually looked at your report, it's really difficult to determine, is this person coming from the market that I'm targeting or is this person, is this visit appearing um, from a city where the internet service provider is based? So there's lots of challenges that go into determining is the online campaign effective for reaching people in smaller markets.
1: Jeff, just one more thing I want to get your viewpoint on. We've been talking here today about Bill C-18, the Online News Act. What's your take on it?
4: You know what, at the end of the day, I think Bill C-18, the Online News Act, is, is hugely important for the Canadian, Canadian media industry. Uh, we need to find ways to protect local journalism. Um, now, it, it's still a bit of a work in progress. There's still some kinks and stuff that need to be ironed out. But I think in the long run, it's definitely got the potential to help. Um, that being said, it is a bit of a contentious bill for sure. I know that the, the social media companies and the Googles have kind of fired back. Saying that this bill could end up being detrimental to the news media industry because their platforms have threatened to block news, which would potentially decrease the amount of traffic that are going to the newspaper websites. You know, my take at the end of the day is once again, we need to realize the difference between uh what matters to people who live in larger cities versus the news that matters to people who live in smaller communities. And I think at the end of the day, Bill C-18 is as much about protecting the news in small communities as it is in bigger communities. Small newspapers, Shauna, don't rely on people coming to their website through a Google search or a post on Facebook. You know, people come to that newspaper's website because they need to know everything. That's going on within their community. It's not like somebody sits down at a computer and Googles what was the score of the hockey game in the Cardston, you know, at, at Cardston Arena last night. Th- that's not how they use the internet to get local news. What they what they typically do is just go to the newspaper's website and read either the e-edition or or you know the website itself. So um I think at the end of the day, the bill itself has definitely got the potential to assist the news media industry, perhaps give it some sustainability. As far as Google and Facebook threatening to block news, I don't necessarily know that 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 is something that is going to affect most of the markets that Canada is focused on, and that is mainly small, rural, and, and remote.
1: All right. Thank you. We really appreciate everything you're executive producing here, uh, bringing this show together and, and your viewpoints. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thank you. That's Jeff Beersworth. He is the executive producer of Local Edge and with Ad Canada Media.
0: People still love leafing through a good magazine. An average of close to $50 per household was accounted for annually on magazines and periodicals in Prince Edward Island. For more data like this and a better understanding of connecting with local markets, visit adcanadamedia.ca.
1: Thank you, everyone, so much for joining us today on Local Edge. Again, I'm your host, Shauna Randolph. For additional information and extended interviews, be sure to subscribe to Local Edge Podcast on any of the major platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google, and more, whatever works for you. Also, check out our website, too. It's adcanadamedia.ca. That's it for today. Thank you again for joining us. See you next time on Local Edge.
0: This series is proudly produced by the team at Road 55. Road 55 creates content that connects. For more information, check our website, www.road55.ca.